Tonight is our Team Camp 2017 report. As you might have saw walking in, there's a lot of teenagers wearing a maroon shirt, and you kind of maybe saw the logo up there. I know it's kind of dark. Um, the theme this year was imitator. Um, and here in just a little bit, you're going to uh, hear our theme verse read for us by Clay Womack. And um, it, it was all about imitating Christ. Um, all the class sessions, all the activities we did. Um, this year we did something a little different. We even uh, put it into practice and went down the mountain and did a service project at a children's home um, so that we could build some relationships and encourage other people and just love others the way that Christ would. Um, so a lot of neat things uh, that I'm sure you're going to be hearing about tonight through our different devotional talks and scripture readings and prayers um, and so I'm glad to see everybody here, uh, and at this time I'll invite Clay up to read that verse for us, and then Austin will have our opening prayer. So, Clay. Okay, so I'll be reading Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up. For us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we're able to gather here to hear about the lessons that we had at teen camp and just to worship you with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for a safe week and we thank you for safe travels as we went and did your work in the mountains. Lord, we thank you most of all for Jesus and the sacrifice he gave. Your son's name. Amen. Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the dark is shining. Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us.
I'll be reading from Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most out of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord, Lord's will is. Good evening. Um, Today I'll be talking about uh, imitating Christ. And in Ephesians chapter 5, 1 and 2, that's our theme verse for this year at uh, Teen Camp. And it is Paul talking to the Ephesians, and he's telling them to imitate Christ more than imitating the uh, Gentiles. It says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us, and give himself up for as fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Um, So as a Christian, every day we need to imitate Christ and help other people out, do what he would. Um, Ephesians 5, 16 through 17 says, Making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand the Lord's will is. Paul tells us this so we know the true purpose of our life, which is to spread his word and live like Christ. Uh, At teen camp, this is really easy because we've known each other for at least a year. Um, We're far from evil, and we're all Christians. Um, So the object lesson this year was to imitate others. Mike would draw two names out of a bag every night, and the first name would be the imitating, and the second name would be the imitator. I was with Austin the first day, and I had to imitate everything he did. Somehow he is—he eats faster than I do, so when he went to go put his plate up, I had to also, and I usually didn't get to finish dinner and lunch. <laughs> um, now, after Thursday night, we stopped doing that so we could go and do a service project on Friday. We went about an hour drive down the mountain to Longmont, Colorado, and we went to Mountain State Children's Home. There, there were plenty of kids there. They were 7th grade to, through 12th grade, and um, we, we met them, and we played games with them, like board games. We played volleyball, basketball. We did morning praise with them, which we do every morning at teen camp. And we learned more about them. After morning praise, we ate pizza together, uh, we talked for a while, and then we left. When we got back, before we did pictures in teen camp, we talked for a while. And we we discussed what we just did about imitating Christ through other people. And some of us said that we had long-lasting friendships with others if it was email, uh, social media accounts, phone numbers. And to me, that's how every day should be as a Christian. Uh, Go meet new people, share the word, um, imitate Christ, um, and if possible, create new friends. So my challenge for you tonight is to imitate Christ in every opportunity during the day. And not just see an impact in yourself, but see an impact in others. Thank you. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you for allowing us to gather here to share our experiences of camp. We thank you for giving us a state trip to and from camp. Thank you for giving us another blessed week to better to be better imitators of you. 
I pray that you will let us let the lessons taught at camp to have impacted our lives to be better for the new school year that is quickly approaching. Please be with those who are sick or not doing well. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll be reading 1 Peter 3.15. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. One week ago, we went up the mountain. And last night, we came down. And I personally came down that mountain with one major challenge, one major question in mind. And that question is, are you prepared to defend your faith? That question comes from 1 Peter 3.15, which Jaden just read excellently, and Toby read excellently this morning. Uh, I promised I picked out this verse last night, but he used it in his sermon and, and uh, touched on it a little bit, but... Uh, None of his sermons are copyrighted, so I should be okay. Uh, (laughs) But this question, are you prepared to defend your faith? Um, Before I get into how teen camp forced me to ask myself that and how teen camp helped me answer it, I really have to start at the beginning. I have to start at when this question first became real in my life. And it first became real a few months ago when I went to another camp uh, called Boys State. For those of you who don't know, Boys State is a leadership camp uh, for guys in the state of Kansas going into their senior year. And you learn about different ways to lead, and you learn about the government and how leaders in the government run things. And there's a lot of really smart people there. Um, there I met a guy who got a 36 on his ACT as a sophomore. Um, there is an abundance of talent, an abundance of intelligence and a complete lack of Christ. Uh, there, was, there was language and crude joking and even drug use by the end of the week. And um, that was tough. But the camp was held at K-State, and we stayed in the K-State dorms, and my roommate was just like everyone else there. Really smart guy, but not a believer. And it didn't take long to realize that. My roommate's name was Luke, and, you know, we got along pretty well. And... A couple days into the camp, just mid-conversation, he asks me, I'm an atheist, I I actually don't believe in God, but Chris, what do you believe in? And I was shocked, I was surprised, I didn't see this coming. I mean, we had talked about sports and school and leadership, but I didn't know that religion would come come up so quickly. And I got nervous, and my hands were shaking, and I realized this was an important question, and I stumbled over my words, and eventually explained to him that I believe in God and and this is why and this is why I've always been a Christian but if I have to ask myself was I prepared I'd have to say no and it's tough because I don't know if that's the only time Luke will ever ask someone why they believe in God but it's been a few months it's been a week of teen camp And I'm proud to say that I can stand here and tell you that I'm prepared to defend my faith. And I know that all of these teens are in that same boat. We're prepared to defend our faith, and let me tell you why. At teen camp, we learned a lot of things. Grant's going to talk about what we learned each day specifically. 
But in general, we learn two tools, head knowledge and heart knowledge. Uh, a girl in my small group mentioned this, and I think that's a very important distinction between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Head knowledge is straightforward. It, it's what you know. It's, it's memorizing scripture verses. It's understanding the history of the gospel and what Jesus wants for us. But we can't defend our faith with just head knowledge. We need the heart knowledge as well. And to show how important this is, we can look at Matthew 15, 8, where Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees had a lot of head knowledge. They were very intelligent. They knew the scripture. But Jesus says to them, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So it's very important to not just know Jesus, but to put our heart in the right place. And to kind of illustrate this heart knowledge, um, you can relate it to honey. So your mind can know honey is sweet. People can tell you it's sweet. You've read books about it, etc. But if you haven't actually tasted it, you know with your head, but not your heart. When you actually taste it, you experience it for yourself. You know it in a full way, and you know it in your heart. Well, this week at teen camp, we tasted the honey, if you will. We got immersed into imitating Christ and not just knowing that, but really feeling it as well. And teen camp truly helped me build these head knowledge and heart knowledge tools and taught me how to put them together and defend my faith. Some examples of, of how I, I learned these things. Uh, one is Brian Middleton's Socratic Method activity. Um, so we split up guys and girls, and the guys did this activity. Uh, if you don't know, the Socratic method is basically where um, you reason with someone by asking them questions and answering questions with questions. Um, it wasn't easy at first, uh, but what we did is each guy would get a partner. So my partner was Dakota Knott, and I would stand across from him and ask him a question, and he would answer it and ask a question back. And that seems simple and easy enough, but it wasn't. Uh, things got awkward really quick. It's hard to think of questions. And, um, you know, it, it just ended up being a bunch of small talk. But, you know, it was tough. And it was, it was a good experience. And then it got harder. And Brian made us ask questions. But within three or four questions, we had to try to direct the conversation towards Jesus. And... It was tough, but it was an experience that's going to change my life because I know that if my friend Luke ever comes up to me again, I'm going to be ready. And I know how to ask the right question back and lead the conversation towards Jesus. Uh, another um, experience that we all had were the small group discussions. Uh, that was huge for me. Every night we would split up into small groups with people our age and grade and we talk about the lessons we learned that day and go deeper. So my small group was led by Pat and Angie Weber. And it was great because we could sit there on the ground and we could share things that we're struggling with and share things that attack our faith and talk about how we're going to defend our faith in this next school year and for the rest of our lives. Another experience we all had was, like Neil mentioned, the Children's Home Service Project. Um, that was perfect. We went down there to a group of teens who we didn't know, complete strangers. They were from all walks of life, and we were forced to talk to them and ask them questions and be ready to explain why we have the hope that is in us and explain why we're imitating Christ and wearing these T-shirts. 
So it's, it's extremely important to, for us to be prepared to defend our faith. And that becomes so much more real when we look at 1 Peter 5, 8, where it says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Satan's after us, and it's not going to be easy. And if we're not ready to defend our faith, he's going to attack us. And that became very real um, when Paulette Ware was wearing a black ski mask and running around shooting us with a water gun. Um, I realize that's out of context, but we're talking about how the devil is real and he's attacking us like, you know, an active shooter coming in and shooting people with a water gun. Um, you know, no one's safe. Um, it's a scary thing, the devil. And so what do we do? We look at the next verse in First Peter where it says, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And I think this, real, this verse really puts it into context, because up on that mountain, it was safer. We were with fellow believers. We were with people our age, people in our church. It, we felt safe. We came down the mountain, and it's not safe anymore. But we're in this church, and we have people of every age. And us teens, we know that we're all undergoing the same kind of sufferings, and, and Satan's attacking all of us. But teens especially are, are vulnerable to that, and they're easily exploitable. And teens can be swayed by things like peer pressure and, and teachers who don't believe in God and students who don't believe in God and a culture that doesn't believe in God. But we're not going to be attacked by that because we're ready. We're prepared. I think everyone in the youth group here has a Luke in their lives, if you will. Someone who doesn't know Jesus. I think everyone in this room has a Luke in their lives who doesn't know Jesus. I'd be willing to say that some of you may have even talked to a Luke and, and you weren't prepared either. But I know that I can stand here and say that our youth group, we're ready. And we have teen camp to thank for that. Thank you. Pierce my youth, O Lord my God,
day you've given to us and we just thank you for the opportunity that you've given to us to go up the mountain to learn more about you and fellowship together as a group. Lord, we ask that you help us all to become better imitators of your son and just walk with you and shine our lights. Lord, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins and in Jesus' name. I will be reading from Philippians 2, verse 3 and 5. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Teen camp, to me means a time of learning with your peers in the youth group. 
a time of sharing yourself with the people around you. There are many cool things about Teen Camp. A couple of you you have heard so far. But there is just a few things that stick out to me. And for me, it's the first half of the day. Now, free time's in the second half, but I like the first half. From the, from the theme, you can obviously tell that the, the, the physical lesson was imitating another person. Now, this can get really annoying as the week goes on. The role of imitating played different roles throughout the course of the morning, starting with beginning with roll call. Roll call was ran by Pat Weber, and it was a way to get all the teens who were still half asleep awake at 7.30 in the morning, or at least as awake as they can be. This involved lip sync battles, skits, um, singing of the launch menu for that particular day, and charades battles. Now, the charades battles, especially if somebody who was being imitated got chosen to act, were very interesting, to say the least. Roll call led into breakfast. Here you had to sit next to the person that you were imitating and take a bite whenever they did, take a drink whenever they did. And as, you can, as Neil already mentioned, you had to clean up whenever they did. And so that led to a lot of half-eaten meals. After breakfast, it was cabin cleanup time. I don't really have any cool examples of what you had to do to mimic somebody, but I can tell you that the guys' cabins rarely got cleaned. And pretty much, if a guy's cabin did clean, they automatically won because they were the only ones who did. After cabin cleanup, it was TOG time. Now, TOG is spelled T-A-W-G. It stands for Time Alone with God. If there was a theme for this time of the day, a theme verse, it would be, in my mind, Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. I will exalt you among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. For this activity, you would go with the person you're imitating and talk to God, maybe read a devotional or read the Bible. After this was class sessions. There were two different class sessions. The first one, you didn't have to do anything special. You just sat next to the person you were imitating. And that was the more learning part of the class lessons. The second part was the practical application. Now, within this, Chris talked about a few. There are, Mr. Middleton made us do a speaking one for communication. We had to stand across from the person we were talking to and answer their question and talk back to them. And then another one was we all stood in a circle, one person out of volleyball. And you'd toss it back and forth, and you couldn't even answer the question. You had to respond with everything with a question. And it led to a lot of repeats, a lot, a lot of nonsense questions, and a lot of questions that shouldn't need to be answered. Now, this also included the pots to making us popcorn. I can still remember their illustration while she held the popcorn up here and says, we can't transform until we come closer to God, and God was the burner. And as she put the popcorn on the burner, the easy pop pan, the one with the little tinfoil that comes up, kept popping and rising and rising until it was fully ready. And then the one that Paulette burst through the doors, wielding two water guns, squirting us down. Those all happened in the second class time. After the, um, for the last part of the morning, there was morning praise. In this, my opinion, in my opinion, this is where we all imitated. If you don't know how morning praise works, we're all standing on a downhill slope. We have four or five people down front leading VBS-style songs. 
Well, so all of the rest of us are imitating what they do. Whether we were going on an adventure trying to find Morgan's animal, or we were happy and we knew it, we were all imitating the people down in front. And there were some times throughout the week that somebody would not be participating, and they'd get called out. And they'd have to make the walk of shame down to the front and lead with the leaders. Now, although funny for us to watch, it was very embarrassing for the people who had to do it. Morning praise can be related to our walk with Christ. While we're having a good time imitating Christ on our way through life, it's not fun to be caught doing the wrong things. Um, so that's where morning would rack up and then we'd go to lunch. But as I was looking at the object lesson, there were two, not really flaws, but things that are different between up the mountain and down here in our walk with Christ. Number one, we didn't have to say what the other person said. Now, I'm actually glad for that because that would have gotten annoying real fast. An attitude can be revealed through how we speak. And in Philippians 2.5, as Jasper read earlier, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as that of Christ Jesus. So we need to imitate the way God speaks. So this means no swearing and no perverse jokes. The second one was that in, at any point, if the teachers felt that it hindered their object lesson, we could just stop imitating each other. We could just split up and we could follow the lesson without having to imitate. Psalms 34.1, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Now, key word in that verse is always. Now, I know that Mike did this so we wouldn't be distracted while we were supposed to be learning, but it kind of still sets a thing that we aren't supposed to just bottle up Christ and keep him where we need him. We've got to take him with us everywhere. So it doesn't matter whether it's convenient or um, it doesn't matter whether it's convenient or inconvenient. So unlike the object lesson, we need to be lights for Jesus 24-7, 365. Now some of you may have noticed that all three of us who gave the devotional talks are wearing the same thing. Chris, can you guys come up here? Yep. Okay. So... As you can see, we are all wearing the same thing. We did this for the sake of imitation. <laughs> no, if we were at teen camp, they'd have to mimic every single movement I do. But since we're not, well, I'm making them do it for now. So... <laughs> This is crucial. The fact that in order to mimic me, they have to do every single thing I do. They have to study the way I act, the way I walk, the way I speak. I mean, my facial expressions. They have to notice every single detail. Now, if we were to imitate Christ, how are we to imitate every single detail? Holding the answer right here. Well, we're all holding the answer right here. So... That's how we imitate Christ. Now, if there's any need among you, anyone who needs help imitating Christ, anybody who needs to be called out, it's not always the fun thing, but it's what needs to happen sometimes. I invite you forward as we stand and sing.
I want to thank all these guys for doing a tremendous job this evening from the, the prayers and scripture readings and songs and, and definitely the de- devotional talks. Hopefully you've um, got a little bit of uh, a taste of what we were doing at teen camp, uh, kind of like Chris was talking about. We, we gave you that head knowledge, and, and we wish you could, could have been there to experience and get that heart knowledge as well, as I know the, these teens have. Um, we're going to have a closing song and then a closing prayer, and right after that, uh, there'll be about a six-and-a-half-minute-long uh, slideshow of pictures uh, with some songs with that. Um, you're welcome to sing along with the songs as they're going, but uh, definitely stick around and enjoy those pictures. After that slideshow, uh, we'll be dismissed. Um, during this closing song, if you were not able to um, partake of the Lord's Supper this morning, I believe it's been left prepared uh, across the way uh, in the fireside room, and you can be, be dismissed during the closing song to go do that. So let's sing together. <clears throat> oh, to be like the blessed Redeemer, this is my constant longing and to go to camp and have a good week. Please assist us in applying the lessons we have learned. Allow us to go closer together and remain strong in our faith. Please bless the decisions of our leaders and assist our country in moving back towards you. In your holy name we pray. Amen.